Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I know we have several new faces here. So good to see you all. Um, on the way out, feel free to grab uh, from one of our own It's Sundays. We have a little just welcome card for you. We want to stay connected. And so good to see everybody here. Praise God. Amen. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. Yeah. Scripture says, I was glad when they said to me, come to the house of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. It's very exciting. Hallelujah. I just thank God for just this morning, just as we were singing that song for some reason, we um, just came on my heart um, just a few days ago to, you know, God turned it around. <laughs> just all of my hope is in the name, in the name of Jesus, you know. That is the good news, okay? With a world that has just nothing but bad news all around us, right? It is so good to be thankful for what he is doing. So, because he's the only one that is always good, always consistent. He's always there for us, amen? So, um, I want to take this moment to review our youth night because this message, our youth night was this last Friday, and it was amazing. Um, and the Lord just really moved on my heart, and this message came literally after that. Um, so I had one Saturday to throw all my notes together. Um, so bear with me. I mean, I got quite a bit of notes, but I'm asking for God's grace. Because with that, last week it just seems like there was a, like just an attack that we felt in our family. And it's not kind of like somebody attacking or yelling at us. It's just at night we're trying to get some sleep, and, um, and kids keep waking up and crying. I mean... So we're running on low energy. I just had a full can of Red Bull. So if I'm starting to speak too fast, just one of you just pick up your hand and say, Vic, can you please slow down? All right? <laughs> Amen. So praise God. Uh, say it with me if you can, just to, to, as a declaration. My heart is open. My mind is ready. Make me better, God. By your word. I believe it. I receive it. I won't be the same again. In Jesus' name. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. So before I bring the title of the message, um, I want to talk a little bit. For some reason, this, this word came to me, practical Christianity. You know, because a lot of times people talk about faith. What does that mean? Um, and I want to just lay a little foundation before I get into the title of my message. Philippians 4.9 says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And then God of peace will be with you. So the writer of this verse is Paul. He's obviously writing to the Philippians, but he's not only writing to the Philippians, right? He's writing to us right now because, I mean, he's been dropping truth for more than 2,000 years now, and we're still getting the benefits of that. Amen? So what he's saying to the believers is that um, the power of Christian life is not what you intend to do. Because you know how people can have really good intentions. They say, oh, this is a great idea. But it's not what you intend to do. It's what you actually do, right? And so uh, last week, Matt brought us a really great message. I mean, it was just packed with a lot of good, amazing things. And a lot of that, it comes to practice. And he brought up so many examples that he used. He's talking about just when people, uh, when they had an opportunity to do something and they didn't because they were putting their faith into practice, right? 
like whatever, three-star general or whatever, how high the position was, he could have just annihilated the guy who was below him in the rank, right? But he didn't. But that silence preached more than anything else, right? So in our lives, we have different situations, and sometimes it's the littlest thing that we do can preach the greatest message, right? And what people look at is what you practice. Because you can, you can say, talk all you want. There's people who are really good talkers and speakers, but if you're not walking the walk, if you're, you know, it's pointless. It, it doesn't make much difference. So, um, it's, so what happens is it's, it's not what you know, right? Uh, it's what you integrate in your life. And often it comes in the way of habits. We've talked a few times over the course of the last few months how, you know, habits are formed and what do we do with them and how they uh, can either good habits can make it better and bad habits will just keep getting you worse and worse, right? Um, I went to Bible school. Uh, but I always wondered when professors or different, you know, Bible teachers were talking, uh, if they were a practitioner. <laughs> I had to say that right. Because a practitioner is somebody that practices, right? So, because um, there's always theorists, uh, but then there are practitioners. And I want to learn from people that are actually putting it into practice. That actually mean what they say. Uh, and at early age, you know, I was looking up to my father and I was still young, and I bring this example a lot. I looked up to Pastor Mark. He's, he spoke into my life, and I was nine years old. And, um, but I always looked at people that are ahead of me and their walk with God. And uh, people that were pastoring, you know, people that weren't just philosophers or just had a great message here and there. But people that were honest, people who were putting their faith into practice, uh, finding out what works and what doesn't. It doesn't mean that they were perfect. It doesn't mean that they had it all together. But... They would dust themselves up. Even when you see them, you're like, wow, how is that person going to recover? You ever seen somebody go through something very major in their life? And, you know, and you, you, you can sit on the sideline and be like, wow, what, what is he going to do next? Um, I don't know why I just remember that. My dad remembered a story from in Uzbekistan. He was sitting and hammering something at his job site. And, uh, and a couple of uh, other Uzbeks were just sitting looking at him because he was doing a tedious work with a hammer. And he just looks up at them and says, what are you guys doing? It's like, we're just looking at you to see what you're going to say once you hit your, uh, once you hit your finger. <laughs> no. <laughs> what are you going to say? What are you going to do when somebody cuts you off in traffic, right? <laughs> Things like that. But the reason I'm bringing it up today is this, I want us to understand that over 40% um, of what we do in our life is a result of our habits. And I'm just kind of highlighting a little bit what we've talked about previously. Because our habits shape our life, right? Uh, it's your habits that create your future. Um, but I thought it was an interesting statistic that 40% of what happens in your life are the results of your habits. And that really just brought up a lot of things. And so when I was sharing stuff with youth this last Friday, it was amazing because it brought up my story. That the little decision that I made when I was so young, when I accepted Christ, made a big difference until why I'm here until this day where I'm at today. And you are sitting here, let me just say that is because of God's grace. I know that how many of you could testify to the fact saying, hey, pff, I've, I shouldn't have been there a long time ago. <laughs> this could have happened. This accident could have happened. Somebody died in my family. I don't even know how I recovered it, but here I am praising the Lord, right? So God is faithful. And, um, but... We, you know, so often get knowledge. We think that knowledge equates to habits, but knowledge actually doesn't equate to habits. Uh, you can know something, um, but unless you actually do it, like what Paul is talking about here, right? 
it doesn't change anything. So I want to challenge us today not to just hear, to be the hearers of the words, but doers, right? And I just pray that the word of God today would transform our lives. And I really mean that when I say in the beginning. I know it's a habit. I say, and uh, I won't be the same again in Jesus' name. I want to leave differently here than the way I came in. Um, there's a lot of people that are crit critical of Christian faith, that, you know, because you're going to church, because you made a decision. Um, it doesn't take much to turn on any news. Um, most of the, 90% of the news, and they're bashing on faith and church and blaming the church for a lot of the things. Uh, we're living in a very different environment, okay? But, um, but today, it's not about what's happening around us. Today is I want to challenge us to put our faith into the practice, okay? And get planted in the house of God. So, and that's the title of my message today is planted. About being planted in God's house. So if you, you want your life to flourish and grow, uh, and all of us, you know, want to see fruit in our life, see good things happen in our life. We want, if we, if we want to have a lasting and positive legacy in our life, then, let me just say this, being planted in God's house is non-negotiable. It really is. <laughs> so church is essential. Okay, let me say that again. Church is essential. How many believe that? Okay. This is our family. And I'm going to give you more background to understand that church is not just some religious man-made organization. All right? Church is built on the rock. Church is the body of Christ. It's very important that I say that in the beginning just to lay the foundation so you could be ready to receive. Amen? So church is very essential. And it, it, I would say it's the most important decision you make being planted in the house of the Lord after accepting Christ, okay? Accepting Jesus, some people think, I accept Jesus and that's it, I'm done, you know, whatever. I can go live the way I want. Actually, Scripture, it's, it's, inac it's inaccurate. Scripture tells us that you have to you walk out your faith, right? We're continuously developing our faith. Paul brought, brought up a lot of examples. He's like, by now you guys should be mature and grown and things like that. So it's very important that we continually grow. And the best way to do it, is to be planted. Meaning, this is, imagine this, this is like a huge tree. And if we come together, we're, all of us are vines. But when you're on the vine, right, you're connected. Amen? And you're growing, you're flourishing, you're receiving, you're getting encouragement. So going to church or making church a priority is a very important thing. And I believe today God will literally enlighten that in so many ways and challenge us to build our future, to build our legacy in faith. Amen? Watch this. Psalms 92, 12 through 14, if you're writing it down, or you'll have it on the screen or pull it up on your phone. Psalms 92, 12 through 14. The righteous man will flourish like a palm tree. This is good. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And the cedar in Lebanon is in the country, I mean, it's ginormous trees. Just look it up. It's phenomenal. And God is saying, like, you're going to be that tree, okay? You're going to be, th that's how strong you're going to be. Verse 13, planted in the house of the Lord. Here we go. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green. I mean, he's very using profound imagery, you know, so we say like, hey, this is, this is what we're talking about, being rich. It doesn't matter how old you are. You're just full of faith, all right? Um, verse 15, to declare that the Lord is upright. He's my rock. And there's no unrighteousness in him. I want to start with um, to say that there's no perfect church. Okay? <laughs> there's no perfect people. 
Uh, I've, I've seen before, you know, people come to our church and first service and they're like, I love this church. I'm going to stay here. See you next Sunday. And that was the last time I've seen them. <laughs> what happened? I always want to know. I'm going to ask God in heaven about that. Whatever happened, I don't even know. Did I say something? Maybe. Maybe after today's message, you might not find this church to be a place for you. But most important thing is to get planted in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. But anywhere there's people, there's problems. Okay? Anywhere there's people, there's imperfection. Anywhere there's people, there's struggles. There's challenges. Amen? And John 16, it says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And this is always bring back to this. In this world, here's the, God's warning you, guess what? There's no perfect church. There's always challenges where there's people, there's problems. And then he says, but in this world, you will have trouble. Just because you accepted Christ doesn't mean your problems go away. No, you get to do it with somebody that is with you. That is God that helps you overcome. Amen? But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus said, but remember, I got this. If you have me, I got you. Okay? So, I'm thinking of putting up a sign, actually, realistically. I've mentioned that before, maybe once or twice, of putting a sign by the entryway on the door. It says, no perfect people allowed. I don't know. I <laughs> because we're a house of imperfect people, amen? There's no perfect marriages. You can say amen, even if your spouse is next to you. It's okay. <laughs> amen. No perfect parents. There's no perfect families, okay? But, say with me, but. 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 <laughs> say this with me. Marriage is sacred. Family is God's plan. Amen. So you don't, but the, the thing is you don't need a perfect house or a perfect family to experience the great benefits of a marriage and great benefits of a family. Amen? Amen. It's the same with the church, Right? With all of our human vulnerabilities and failures and flaws, the church is still God's chosen instrument. Yeah. It still is. Because what happens is it, it, to, it, that's what brings the heaven to earth, okay? God is preparing his church. And we've been confirmed continuously through prophetic messages. And I love hearing that. People are getting ready to receive Christ. It's time to take action. But for us to take action, we need to be planted. Amen? We need to be planted in the house of the Lord. And that's what this message is about today. You might say, hey, give me some scripture for that. What are, you, what are you talking about? Well, I will. Check this out. Number one, if you're writing, I want to bring up several points. Number one, the church is God's idea. Okay? You see, if you want to write it down, the church is God's idea. Um, and I've mentioned some people say, ah, it's a man-made religious organization. Uh, uh, wrong. Ooh, a Red Bull is kicking in. <laughs> oh, man. The church is mentioned 114 times in the New Testament, okay? Um, Jesus himself is the founder of the church. He is the founder. Matthew 16, 18. And I tell you, you are Peter. Okay, he's talking to Peter, but Peter's resemblance because it started with Peter. He's the human, Okay. But here Jesus is turning to Peter and then he says, and this is the message to the church, and says, And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. God is talking about his church. Amen? So the church is not a man's man idea. It's God's idea. 
Point number two. The church is God's plan for expanding his kingdom on earth. Amen. Let me read that again. And you see it. The church is God's plan for expanding his kingdom on earth. And this might go against some of your philosophies that you grew up with uh, or you held on to. Um, but keep your heart open. I believe that you will receive something through this. Because um, church is God's plan for expanding his kingdom. Church is plan A. There's no plan B. <laughs> church is plan A. I'm going to get you activated. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, tag your it. We're going to get now to your second most favorite. Say, tag, we're it. <laughs> we're going to own it, right? Ownership, more ownership. We are it, okay? We are the reason for expanding the kingdom of heaven here on earth because we make up the church, all right? And I've shared that a little bit a few weeks ago as well. But there's nowhere else you can go literally in this world, to get what, you, what church provides and has provided for over 2,000 years. You can't get that at Walmart or Freddy's, you know, or even Nordstrom Rack or Nordstrom. <laughs> you can't get that at universities or, you know, just sporting events where people, you, if you look at it, it seems like people are so happy. But it's so interesting because half the people leave depressed, right, a lot of times because their team lost. <laughs> um, I'll touch on the Super Bowl in a second here. <laughs> But um, I'm talking about a place where we do life together, right? I really want us to get excited about being planted in the house of the Lord today and the importance of not skipping church. I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, church has taken a hit, though, from people that, you know, uh, are offended or have been hurt. And you listen to them, you know, and it's true. A lot of times it makes sense. But the thing is, you don't just wipe out and say this is a whole church thing. You know, church sucks. You, know, you just whitewash everything. And cancel culture, cancel culture nowadays, right? That's what they call it. They just want to cancel out the church. Anything just to blame the church and turn people away from their faith in God just so they will not be connected to the most powerful organization, which is church, Jesus Christ who has planted it. Amen? Watch this. So, because what happens in church, I'm just bringing up a few examples. We learn about Jesus, right? Um, we get connected with God's people. Uh, it's amazing. If somebody has trouble, I noticed, like, people are there to help each other out. You know, somebody will come through and help you out. Uh, we get to pray. We get to worship together. We get to grow together because of our relationship with one another. Amen? Ephesians uh, chapter 1, 22, verse, uh, from 22 to 23. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills in, who fills all in all. Amen. It's a great explanation, but uh, I'm going to just use this first time using Message Bible, but, and it's a little bit longer, but it really does a really great job explaining it. I'm not sure if we have it, right? Message one. But let me read it to you. It says, he is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to church. Amen. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. So in this passage, Paul is saying pretty much about lordship. God put all things under his feet, which is God. And then God put Jesus over the church. Okay? Jesus and then Jesus died for the church. Jesus died for all of us. Amen? And the church is his body. 
Church is, the best way to explain it, and if it doesn't land, it's okay. The church is a vehicle that God's kingdom drives on, <laughs> okay? Because the church, is, um, the church is at the center and the world is peripheral. When God gets ready to speak, he speaks into the church. When God wants to accomplish something, he speaks into the church. When he wants to reach a community, he reaches the community through the church. The church is his body, amen? And that's why it says in the message translation, it says the church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts. This is, he uses the church as like to move, to make the difference in the communities, amen? Um, point number three. God's plan is that every believer would be an active member of God's church. Good word. Thank you, Sid. Appreciate it. God's plan is that every believer would be active member of God's church. In Ephesians 2.19, uh, from the Living Bible translation, says, Now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country. Oh, this is getting me excited. <laughs> and you belong in God's household with every other Christian, right? With every other believer. You belong. So there have been people that, you know, show up accidentally in the church and they've never been to church. And for some reason they come to church and, you know, if the church is active, and this is the reason we're uh, implemented at the beginning of the year called Ownership Sunday. We want everybody to be activated. We want everybody to receive something. The moment somebody walks in that they know they are needed, that they belong in God's family. Amen. So again, church is at the center of God's plan. Uh, and God's plan is he would want us to be planted in his house. Growing, flourishing, thriving, being fruitful. Amen. So psalmist expressed a great deal about the house of the Lord. There's a lot of scriptures. I just chose my three top ones. Okay. First one, Psalms 122.1. I already said it in the beginning. But I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Psalms 27.4, one thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Amazing. Psalms 23.6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. And check this out. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord until someone gets mad. No? How long? Forever. How long? Forever. Forever. Amen. We should be excited to go to the church. Uh, for me and my family, it's honestly, it's more exciting than uh, even the Super Bowl last week. <laughs> honestly. We get to go to the church. We get to be part of something that is just so Amazing, okay? Last Sunday was a Super Bowl. Pastor Mark's prayer was answered if you didn't catch it. Rams won, okay? <laughs> but I love paying attention to the fans. Um, I, that's one of my, the, the coolest thing to watch, you know. I've never been to a, like an NFL game or anything like that, but I bet it would be fun. But I know people that did. It, they really get into the game, you know. You really get your heart worked up. You're just there. Um, it's the same thing if you're, Watch any, like, European soccer football, they say it. Um, I mean, they're chanting. They're singing. It's like church, right? <laughs> I mean, they really get engaged. 
But they're in the game. And so, but there's a difference between, difference between observation and participation, right? right? So I wonder, I always wonder what it is from players' perspective. But for us, like I could use the best example as our, our teams, Christ Netted FC, we compete in tournaments. And when you're pre- playing a very important match, I mean, you know, it's great. Games can be tense and everything and fun. But when you're doing a championship, like State, State Alaska Championship, and there's people, even if there's like, you know, 100 people. And some of the games that we did, I mean, we had up to 400 people when we were playing some of the professional teams. But there's something about it when you, 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 get, you get pretty worked up and energized by the fans, right? So uh, this is not a message to bash the fans because I believe fans are important, okay? <laughs> but one phrase came out to me when I was watching that game last week is that, you know, owning the game. You know, we talked about ownership Sunday. But the phrase, get in the game. You heard that, right? Get in the game. So, and my desire for us to get in the game, meaning get planted in the house of the Lord. Okay? To get planted in the house of the Lord. Can you say with me, get in the game? Yeah, I want to stay active. Amen. (laughs) So, when you are planted, okay, you are stable. I've used this analogy before. If you're off balance or you're on one foot, it doesn't take much for somebody to come and knock you down, right? Like, if I'm planted, it's a lot harder for somebody to knock me off. So I like to use that analogy. And when your both feet are planted, you know, um, in the house of the Lord, where your faith, you're grounded in the Lord, you're planted in the church, it's going to be more difficult for the troubles of this world, for anybody to come your way and knock you off and make you lose your faith because you're planted, right? Okay, I want us to just remember that. But some people, what happens is we live one foot in the world. <laughs> is it, it's kind of like this maybe, I don't know. I've never th- I didn't think about the analogies, but you're like not sure. You're not as comfortable. Your foot, one foot here, one foot there. Um, but God wants you to get planted, get stable, amen? So when you get planted in the house of the Lord, when you have that church family, you can... Uh, get support from you're going to be a lot more firmer in your faith amen so and you belong again you belong in what God is doing today I want to bring up the next three points to help us how to get in the game okay Um, so the terminology I used get in the game but number one get connected okay I'm going to use three I'll say them real quick get connected be committed and live in the community and I'm going to go one by one right now. So, number one, get connected. One time I was driving with a friend in college. And, uh, and we're driving. In a, and he looks over to the right. And he says, hey, look, you know that FedEx, if you look at it long enough, you can bring that up. Um, it's like you'll see a, an arrow. <laughs> right? And I was like, no, what are you talking about? And then the truck drove off. And he's like, no, look, look, look. And he, the truck was gone. I was like, oh. He was pretty bummed out. And then, like, few minutes later we're driving and there's another FedEx truck he's like look look and I so I stopped and look and I was like oh oh I see it now yeah if you look at it long enough you'll start seeing it right does everybody see it who doesn't see it be honest it's okay we'll help you figure it out okay see a few okay so look at that Federal Express that's the original name but X you look inside the E and X hey okay now from now on every time you're gonna look at that logo you will not be able to unsee that. You will know about it. 
I just did that for you. You're welcome. Look at that arrow. They actually do that. That's incredible design. And that's what they do. Um, same with Amazon, you know. Uh, that's an arrow going from A to Z, meaning they got you covered. I, I don't have that logo for Amazon. Just You can look at it up later. Don't do it right now. Stay focused. <laughs> but um, once you see it, you know, like you can't unsee it. So um, that's how it is with the church. Once you see it, once you understand the, 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 what the church is to you and to your family, it's going to be harder for you to not see it again. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people, though, who don't see that. There's a lot of people who don't see the arrow. They don't see the importance of church, right? And you say, oh, you're a pastor. You're supposed to talk about the importance of going to church. Well, yeah, but <laughs> there's an importance to being connected to the God's family. And so an arrow can change your life, okay? So I'm going to use that FedEx logo to just bring that point up. One decision to get planted in the house of God can make a difference for your life. I'm telling you, because people think about future and they think about what to do next in their life. Um, they're, they're saving up. They're going to colleges and they're like, I got to think, oh, my kids, how are they going to survive? What am I going to live for them? Let me tell you this. The greatest thing you can leave for them is a legacy of faith. Because people, it doesn't take much to look around. There's people that have like the biggest companies and everything. Like they put their work and heart and effort into their business, into making their industry flourish, making it a multi-billion billion dollar company. And then a lot of them don't have their children around anymore because their heart was in it, you know. And so there, there's a reason I want to bring that up so we are challenged a little bit more today. Because once they have God in their life, that will direct them in everything else that they need. There's my legacy. You're fishing. You're fishermen of men. That's a perfect explanation. Future pastor. Pastor Ryan. Ryan goes short. Wow. Amen. It's a perfect illustration. The Holy Spirit just used Ryan. Lord, thank you. Living a legacy. Oh, this is good. Woo. I don't know if it's the Red Bull or the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. No more Red Bull experience. <laughs> but I'm encouraged by the testimonies I hear in this church just over the course of just last few years and what God has done here. I'm seeing people saying, man, what a difference it makes to come to the church and get energized and, and then come home and just to think about what God is doing in our life. I'm telling you, it's amazing. So church is a place where you really build a strong and meaningful relationships. Um, and I'll, I'll touch a little bit more here in a few minutes here. After launching Owen at Sunday, uh, we've experienced just people talking just within our own church. We've seen each other. You know how you can see each, each other, but you don't know anything about each other. And what, what happens with Owen at Sunday, anybody can be plugged in, okay? In the back, you just come up um, and grab one of those Owen it, and fill it out, what you want to do. Once a month, you'll be able to be active church. You can do it more than once. But you can get to do, you get to do church with us. You come here earlier. You get to pray with us. We get to help us set up everything, coffee, and pray together. Because there's a lot that goes in, you know. And it's so amazing for people to say, wow, I didn't know what it means to get plugged in into church and start owning it and start doing something. And it's amazing because that's what will activate you to become that person. And remember, we keep hearing from God, hey, the harvest is plentiful, 
We need some workers. We need some people to get plugged in. Amen? So, but I'm encouraged to hear from people that did uh, the own it Sunday and say, wow, I've learned so much about this person. Wow, this connection really brought me something. And we've prayed a lot of over that with our leaders. I want you to know that this is a very vital thing to be connected and be active. Number two. So first, let, let's just say first one. Say get connected. Get connected. Number two. Be committed. Say that together. Be committed. All right. Church is like anything else. <laughs> Marriage, job, working out, I guess, you know. The more committed you are, the more results you will have. Uh, to all my friends who only, you know, go to church maybe on Christmas and Easter. Pastor Mark likes, Mark likes to say Christers. It's Christmas Day. <laughs> no, no shame. I just want to say shame off you. I, don't want, I like to say shame off you. I don't like to shame on you. I say shame off you. There's a big difference, though. There's a big difference when you come to church a few times a year or um, when you start coming regularly. Um, church is like a gym. That's a, that's a perfect analogy for me. You don't expect to go to the gym once in a while and see the results, right? I, I still do that. <laughs> Get on the treadmill, you just pick up your shirt, you're like, oh. yeah. <laughs> but results don't instantly happen, right? It's, the, it's the, the continuous commitment, right? So when you are committed to it, you're going to see more results. And when you start to embrace the tension, uh, your life starts changing. Because when you're connected to the body of Christ, you get challenged. You're like, somebody's read it, re quoted a scripture. And I don't know, but maybe I should start reading the Bible. Or whatever it may be in our life, we get to bring out the best out of each other. I mean, technically, we can bring the worst out of each other too. <laughs> but in God's, in God's family, it's all like with grace and with love. So... Same with the church, right? Embracing the tension of just being committed. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider, here we go. I'm backing it up with the scripture every time. Let us consider how to stir up one another. Okay, this is where we're like, hey man, so good to see you. To love and good works. Again, it's talking about taking action, right? Not just talking, but really doing it. Verse 25. Not neglecting to meet together, okay, as in the habit of some. Man, COVID tried to do that big time, right? It says neglecting to meet together as a habit of some. But what? But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. My goodness, this scripture was written for today. Again, let me read that again. Let us consider how to stir up one another. To love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is a habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. You know, we have people watching online, and that's amazing. Praise God for that. And sometimes when you're gone, it's nice to tune in online. Um, but if you, maybe if you're here and you haven't made that commitment to after last couple of years made a decision to be connected in the church. Um, I want you to know that this is coming with love and I want to encourage you. And just receive me as somebody that God put in your life to be honest with you, okay? And um, don't get offended, but prayerfully consider what I'm sharing today, okay? 
This is not my opinion. It's God's word. It says, do not leave the fellowship, right? It is very important. It's God's plan for your life to be connected, right? And do not leave the church. So um, let me just say this. Whitefields is not the only good church in the valley. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a good church. We're a very decent church. Don't get me wrong. I love this church. I, I love this church. I love every one of you um, and our church family. It's just amazing. But maybe, you know, as you're listening to me and you're like, man, Vic is dropping a little bit too much today, truth or whatever. But I have a commitment before God to tell you what the scripture says, and that's what I'm doing, right? Um, but the reason I'm saying this is because I want you to find a church. Maybe even if you don't think this is a good church for you, I don't want you to walk away here and say, nah, church sucks. Never going to do it again. No. There's good churches in the valley, okay? I mean, you can, if they're preaching the truth, they're preaching the gospel, I encourage you to be there. If they believe in the full gospel, do it. Amen? So I want you to find a place where you can deepen your relationship with God so that your family can grow. Amen? So find the church that you love, support, that you put in time into, that you tithe to, that you serve in. Um, a church that you can bring your friends to. Amen? So, but just remember, again, there's no perfect church. <laughs> okay? If you find one, don't join it. Because it won't be perfect anymore. Might as well just leave it there. <laughs> some laughed. Some are still trying to figure out. What I just said. <laughs> Don't let any lie or deception uh, pull you out or separate you from God's family. Amen. Uh, I love all the pastors that I have met. I love and pray for all their churches. I have a great relationship with all of them. And I learned a lot from legacy of Pastor Mark, you know. Just knows everybody. Anytime I go anywhere with him, he knows every pastor. And they're like, how's it going? And they talk about everything. It's amazing how they can remember things like the littlest details from 40 years ago. It fascinates me. Maybe I'll have a better memory when I get older. <laughs> but, yeah. but I want to say this moment. Uh, you can count me as your pastor, right, to do my best to speak the truth. And th there's a reason why I say that because... Like I've said in the beginning, we're living in a different climate, different season than we were just a few years ago. There's a lot of lies and deception. There's a lot of lies and deception about the church. And devil is doing everything he can to separate his people from the body of Christ. To get you off so you're not going to be connected, so you're not feeling the flow of life going through. Amen? Bible says that the devil is a liar. That's what the Bible says, right? It also says that he's the father of all lies. But... We're living in times where people get canceled for speaking the truth. Uh, you, you get to see people, pastors getting arrested in certain states. I mean, it doesn't take much to look at Canada and what's happening. People getting trampled with horses, you know, for trying to peacefully protest so they can just have freedom, okay? So, but let me tell you this. I will not, I will not say what I always know, but what I will commit to you is that um, what I know, I will say it. <laughs> and if it changes... I'll be the first one to say I was wrong, okay? I promise you that. <laughs> promise you that. What's that song? <laughs> You'll be blessed by uh, John, Elton John. Promise you that. <laughs> Sorry. I, wanna, I always want to be on the side of truth. 
Because only truth sets people free. I've used that analogy before. You want to hear from the doctor that tells you the truth, right? Uh, it's same. You know, if a person is living in a sin, if a person is, you know, obviously you're seeing he's on the edge of falling out. It's just like, think about it. You know, if your child is at the cliff, you know, you, you're not going to just stand there, right? I mean, you will try to warn him or get them and grab him before they fall off, right? And so I believe there's a commitment for, from any pastor perspective that to speak the truth, to be bold in the world of lies, amen? So... I'm going to do everything I can, my desire. I, this is my commitment before God, and I'll just be transparent with you. Lord, I said, I will build the church with, what, with the strength you've given me to fight for our families, to fight for my family. This is my family. Coming from my heart, I love every one of you. And this is my place. This is where God placed me, and I'm excited. I'm seeing some people, quite a few people moving out of the state. I don't know why I want to go there for a little bit, but, you know, let me tell you this. Even if there's other leaders leaving, if the, even if there's other pastors leaving, uh, I want you to know that God is preparing something. We're singing that song, perfect. God is up to something. Because you're sitting here and you're thinking, who am I? You know, like, I got nothing. I just received the Lord recently. Let me tell you this, God sees a, a general in you in faith. He sees how you're going to be the first one in your family to break the chain of any curse or, uh, you know, uh, whatever. If you continuously you've experienced in your family divorce or any kind of sicknesses, you'll be that chain breaker. I'm telling you by faith because just receive that from God, okay? But be planted in the house of the Lord. Amen? So I want to live my life in truth. I wasn't planning to say that, but receive that as from the Holy Spirit. I want to raise my children in truth, right? To be committed to a church that speaks the truth. And I want to encourage you today, you know, find that church. Make it your church. And where you will get in the game, right? When you were going to be committed. Don't be so quick to quit. Nowadays, we're living where people are just, sorry to say it, but they're pansies. They're so weak. Like a boss tells them some kind of analogies like, you can improve that. Oh, the boss hates me. I'm so fragile. We're, God has made you more than a conqueror, okay? Righteous as bold as a lion. You, you accept that and you grow. Every little challenge that you face is a stepping stone for your growth and development. Amen? Point number three. Live in community. Landing the plane here shortly. You know, you've heard that phrase that says, tell me your friends and I'll tell you about your future. Or... Um, one that I heard it says, show me, your, uh, show me your kids' friends, and I'll show you your kids' future. Um, parents, this is a challenge to you, but the answer is not for you to be your kid's best friend, okay? <laughs> they really don't want you to be their best friend. Um, but have you ever been around those parents? They're like, oh, my kid is my best friend. And I'm like, well, take me then to their parent. <laughs> the answer is... Um, Putting your kids in the right environment and monitoring their friendships. It's very important, church. Um, parent them to the right people or away from wrong people. It's very important that we pay attention. And this is why it's very good to be planted in the house of the Lord because this is where they form friendships. Um, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Another translation says it ruins good character. Okay. So be that husband, be that wife, be that parent that surrounds himself and lives in a community of believers. Amen. Um, we will do our best 
as church leaders here at Whitefields and together to help you grow. Amen? This is why we launched Youth Night. This is where my heart really, really just, just lit up for this message. Okay? We want to see our children and youth have friends in church. This is the reason why, like those days, I realized, like, I couldn't sleep. And I'm like, I prepare sermons, you know, yes, it takes me some time and whatever. But I've never been more stressed out about youth night for some reason. I was sweating bullets. I was, three nights before, I was like, Lord, what am I going to say to the youth? This media, the TikTok and Instagram and everything, they're just teaching them so much. They're loaded with information. What do we do, Lord? What, what can I tell them? Now I understand why I was experiencing all that. Because devil is after our youth. He's after our children. If he can deter them early on, he wants to pull them away from the church. Okay? But parents, it starts with us. I'm challenging ourselves. Putting God first in everything. Right? Being planted. Yeah. Um, there's an interesting statistic that, that I read. It said kids who attend church with their parents, um, that's it, just only with their uh, parents, don't have friends in church. Um, they say they're less likely to attend church when they grow up if they don't have friends in church. So, you know, because sometimes parents are like, you, you come and you sit here right now. Well, that's why I really encourage when I see kids running around playing, you know, swinging flags, nearly hitting each other. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> Let them form friendships. Let them get in the fight in the parking lot. <laughs> Let them form a friendship of bond. <laughs> Um, you know why that happens, right? Why kids don't, when they grow up, if they don't have friends in church, because they want to be with their friends, all right? Um, that's why I'm so encouraged, you know. I'm like, Lord, we hit off our youth night. My heart is exploding with just like my love for them, you know, and I love that. Um, remember a few weeks ago I said, I preached on the message called What You Call Small, yeah? And uh, what you call small is big to God. You waking up, bringing your kids this morning to church might seem like a small thing. But it's really big. It really is big to God. You know, the young boy only had a few fish, had a little lunch. A few fish, a little bit of bread. But that lunch fed 5,000. So you're saying here, you're saying, what, what, what little do I have? Check this out. And then what about widow uh, in the Old Testament? She had a little bit of oil and flour. But her family survived through a whole famine. What little do you have? Moses, I just thought about it, only had a stick. But with that stick, he led people to freedom. Daniel only had a, David only had a small stone, but it was enough to defeat a giant, right? So let me finish off with this last scripture. Matthew chapter 13, and I read this before a few times, and this will tie it together about being planted in the house of God. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and what? Planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, you're thinking, man, my little faith or whatever, yet... Yet. <laughs> There's always a yet. When it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. Check this out. This is for you parents. So that the birds come and perch in its branches. 
This is your children. When we are planted, which a man took that seed, the little one he had, and planted. You make that little decision to be planted in the house of God. Watch what God can do with the very little you have. Amen? So when we take what's small, we plant it, it can grow into something very big. Get planted in the house of God. Amen? And see what God can do through you. Can we have worship team come up? I really want to finish with that song again. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.